0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, your production of iHeartRadio.
1: All right, guys. Welcome to essentially where we get to sit together... Drink a nice beverage and discuss Mm -hmm. this amazing beverage and the women behind it. And I'm so excited because one of the first things I did as we were talking about this type of segments and just women in the industry and women being recognized, this brewer, she was recognized within the BBC's 100 top women. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm excited. And Annie, I feel like you are really much better, which is really funny the white girl versus the Asian girl (laughs) in saying the beverage. So go ahead, tell them what we're talking about.
0: Well, I really appreciate you throwing me under the bus right off the bat. You're welcome. Are you, you mean sake?
1: There you go. Because I just <laughs> want to do it sake and it is very much sake. And I'm just kind of like, I feel so pretentious. But you do it in a manner that sounds so much better than when I do it because I feel so like insecure in saying it. Mm, so, yeah. yeah. So we do understand this. But we are celebrating one of the rare, recognized female sake brewmasters, Miho Imada. And by the way, this is not a sponsor. Uh, I think we told you in the first segment uh, when we were explaining, but we'll go ahead and put this in there again, that yes, we are drinking these drinks and enjoying them and talking about them, but they are not sponsored. And most of them don't even know we exist. So (laughs) yes, (laughs) there is that. (laughs) Maybe this is my excuse in trying all the good stuff. Don't tell, but yeah, that is uh, what we are doing. And we wanted to celebrate Miho Amada, who is the owner and brewmaster of Imada Brewery, which has been around for three generations. So our grandfather and her father were the previous owners, and she took over when she returned home after her father actually asked her to come home to take care of the family business, and she came home around the age of thirty three. So I'm really excited as we told you guys, we would be sitting and sipping. So right now we are currently, sipping on the beautiful Fukucho Moon on the Water Junmai Jinjo. So it is a beautiful, beautiful sake. And we're going to talk a little bit about our uh, takes on it. But just to kind of give you a little bit of history, specifically you, Annie, and of course, all of our listeners, what and who they are. So after returning home to Akitsu in Hiroshima, which is the famous birthplace of Jinjo-style sake. She studied under the family's brewery's toji and eventually took over completely as well as being the owner, and she's currently still there. Um, And if you want more history in the tradition of brewing sake, you can definitely look up their brewery and their story because it is a beautiful story. They've been around since the uh, mid-1800s, so this is a long-lasting brewery, which, Annie, you have some research and knowledge on sake
0: as well, don't you? I do. Over on my other podcast, Saver, I attended a sake conference. It was Women in Sake. And we've been trying to do an episode forever. And we were going to interview several people about it, but the pandemic happened. So that kind of got severely delayed. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure, sure that it is... Forthcoming. I'm so excited to talk about it. And I know we have done an episode on rice, which is very key in making sake. And that's the uh, one of the episodes that almost broke my brain. That's when I learned that some people don't use the CEBCE designation. They use uh, before physics, after physics, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. Right. But also, I went to Japan and I did a, a couple tours on um, how sake was made. And it was fascinating. And the smell was so cool. I loved it. I loved it.
1: Yeah. It was a very traditional type of brewing, and they are really serious about it. I guess any brewery who loves their craft is very serious about it. But even just seeing her, uh, seeing the brewmaster, seeing the owner talk about it herself, and even though I can't quite understand Japanese, Mm -hmm. her enthusiasm and understanding and love for the craft is very apparent. And it's always interesting to watch when the master of whatever are talking about it because you can see that passion. And it makes you so excited to be a part of that as well. And by the way, a fun fact, I did not know that they had, way back when, virgins chew up the rice and spit it into uh, the mix to break down the starches into uh, glucose. <laughs> and they thought it was more pure ah, yes. if done by a virgin. So I was like, huh. huh, I don't think they do that anymore. And I am grateful.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
1: But a fun fact that I was like, that is interesting to know, which seems kind of on point with the traditionalists of that uh, time frame. Mm. But yeah, so this specific brewery, when you talk about who she is and what she's done, they even ask her specifically, how does it feel to be one of the few women who are recognized and, and seen as, I guess, a uh, frontier in this uh, industry? And she was very quite frank saying, you know what, women have always been involved. This has always been a women's thing. In Japan, with tradition, you see women all throughout, and they are brewers, and they are the ones that create these things. So I don't think I'm a pioneer. I don't think I'm anything new. So it was really interesting, and it is a nice, refreshing take. At the same time, it's really sad that if it is so inundated by women, why aren't more women recognized, Mm -hmm. of course? But the industry has been booming with more and more women brewers and more and more... um, Women crafters in the sake industry, so it's really encouraging to see that. But at the same time, again, it's fairly new to recognize that. But it, according to one article, said it was booming. So for the uh, female industry, so hey, cool. I guess so. Cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah. So overall, the sake. I want to give you a quick overview as it is written. So you know that we, we, we are understanding exactly mm. what these are. So, so this is a quote from one of the articles referencing to uh, this specific sake. So this vibrant showstopper is beautifully soft and feminine brewed by one of Japan's only female brewery owners, Antojis. Brewed in Hiroshima, the birthplace of Jinjo Sake, which is known for a remarkably soft water that requires expert skill to use in sake production. Once mastered, it enables a highly controlled, precise fermentation, resulting in vibrant fruit aromas. This Junmai Jinjo is bottled immediately without charcoal filtering. So That's the overview of that. I hope I did that justice. <laughs> and I absolutely see every bit of that overview when I drink it. Mm -hmm. I actually had it uh, with sushi first. I was super excited because we had a special order, of course, uh, these types of beverages and having it was so delightful because for the most part, the last few sakes I've gotten are not the most quality. Those <laughs> uh-huh. So having this cold and just refreshing. And as we're sitting here, we're not even I'm not eating anything. I don't think you are, from what mm-hmm. I can tell, are you? No. Um, <laughs> it is really nice and refreshing. And it is, I I absolutely understand this whole idea of soft water. Like before now, I would have thought that was a really pompous idea uh, yeah. and i say this as a person who is uncultured <laughs> it's okay <laughs> but like tasting it is like yeah it is so light and so effervescent to that level that it's kind of like i get this i get this i get where this is coming and and actually i opened this bottle beforehand um mm-hmm. and i know i sent you some and it's still on point like it's still
0: from the f- like same as the few days ago that i drank it how about for you oh yeah it's delightful it's very it's funny because uh, for someone on a food and drink show, I, there's a running joke that I'm terrible at describing food and drink. I'll be like, "It's salty." What else <laughs> do you want from me? I don't know. You did tell me that. That's a real problem when it comes to my co-host Lauren has a lot of allergies. Yeah. So there's something she can't try, and she's relying oh, no. on me to describe, and I'll be like, um, uh, good. It notes is good. of savor stuff. guess <laughs> I'm the worst, <laughs> but um. Yeah, when uh, I just took a sip and it's so light and delightful and refreshing. And I definitely like, it smells lovely. Doesn't it? Yeah, like very floral. It is. It's funny, there's, uh, certainly when I would grow up and I would see descriptions of wine or, or any kind of thing like that, and I would kind of get a giggle out of it. Like, how could I, what does this robust mean? But sometimes when you try something, you're like, oh, that's it. That's what they mean when they say that. And I feel like this, when I hear the words like clean and floral and light, that when I try this, I get it. I'm like, I know what those words mean. And it's this thing.
1: (laughs) Right. So you may not have been able to initially say it yourself. Right, 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 But then you pick up on it after. Yeah. You know what? I love tastings. Mainly because you can tell who is actually telling the truth and who are just making up. And I loved, uh, for the longest time. I would go to coffee tastings and people would talk about hints of this and hints of this. I'm like, okay, hints of chocolate. I get it. Hints of, uh, even like wood. Okay, I get that. Grass, cool, cool. cool. And then I, I would have a person be like, it reminds me of sitting on a farm looking across early morning dew and having that fresh smell of the hay that you knew you were about to go and pick up. And I remember going, what the? <laughs> like, I kept looking around going, the... That's not real. And I shouldn't judge because maybe that's exactly where it takes you to and that's beautiful because people can also taste color and I get that. But there were sort of moments that I'm like, I don't know if I
0: believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a Parks and Rec episode? Yes. uh... She
1: does some wine test tasting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Your mother's butt. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, nostalgia is such a huge part too. Of, it like, is tasting things, and that's the whole plot point in Ratatouille. Yeah, things can't take you back, but having those memories. Yeah,
1: and it does. I say this because this dude had never been on a farm. He said that. what he said, oh, "I am- <laughs> this is what I imagine." That's oh, what it is. said. Well, he then, began yeah, with, "I imagine little- being," and I was like. <laughs> A little
0: suspect, then, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, I t- agree with you because taste for me is a big trigger. We've talked about mm-hmm. this before. When I have a taste that is familiar from my traumatic past, it triggers me, yeah. and that is one of the biggest senses that I have. That I, I, I it's so unexpected; that it floors me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely believe that. And this, this does not do that to me, obviously, because <laughs> I did not drink sake. Growing up in Korea, however, yeah, it definitely as I'm reading the descriptions of what their brewery is like and how intense and purposeful she is when it comes to brewing that I do feel like it's almost like I'm in the gardens. Of what mm-hmm. I imagine of Japan, mm-hmm. the beautiful gardens with the cherry blossoms that they have, and then the mm-hmm. beautiful fountains that they use for meditation. It feels like that is exactly what I, where I would what I'd be drinking if I were there, outside of tea, probably. I don't know. Uh, and I say this as I made fun somebody who also says I imagined yada yada <laughs> yada. So to that dude, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have come full circle in the span of like a minute and a half.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I, with the immediate beginning of the taste felt like when you bite into a fresh sugar cane. And I talked mm. about this because there's that initial sweetness, but it kind of dulls out real quick because it's so clean and pure. It is just like moves real quickly off your tongue. And that's what it reminds me of. And then the smell is like honeysuckles to me. Like that's what I imagine. That's so familiar. I think I said magnolia first time, but then realizing how delicate it is, magnolia is very, very strong. So to me, I smell honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that bright sweetness yeah. that you know you're going to come, but it's also so. So have you like? I'm sure people have. In Georgia, we have honeysuckles growing yeah. everywhere, and so you bite to the uh, bottom of the flower yeah. and you suck out the from the stem the little bit of honey, and that's kind of what it reminds me of to me that lingering yeah. bit of sweetness. But it's mm-hmm. so delicate, and you have that floral bit from uh, biting into that greenery. That's kind of how I would describe mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What, what what was your descriptions of it?
0: Well, again, I'm very bad at this, but (laughs) I wrote, smells lovely like flowers. So Mm -hmm. I think we're we're all on the same page. (laughs) I did want to comment on, I think it's funny. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in these uh, happy hour episodes plenty of times, but I think it's funny how in that description you read they described it as feminine mm-hmm. and there are these sort of like right. descriptors we use that have this connotation of being of being feminine and I think it is that sort of like delicate light sort right. of sweetness perhaps very unnecessarily gendered which I agree with all those things Yeah, but it, yeah it is it is odd and it, perhaps it shouldn't be odd but it is to me that we feel the need to gender <laughs> everything right. well it, it goes
1: right in the hands with saying delicate yeah and feminine that that's the intent of this well right now he's talking about beautiful soft so again that yeah. description of just being delicate and, and again yeah no because this definitely has a lingering effect to me yes it is delicate it is soft but it's very intentional so it's not as delicate as you think like for the palate maybe but the intense and the level that it lingers i don't think so
0: Yeah, and that's a whole thing. I think I get what... Because even I use that descriptor. And I also think sometimes that gets mixed up with something that tastes... Like perhaps if you've had a really bad experience with sake in the past, Mm
1: -hmm. this
0: is something that's easy drinking almost. Like it's just so kind of clean and nice. Right. um, And Instead of abrupt and pungent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mm -hmm. I do think that kind of gets mixed up with the terms like delicate. But it is interesting. And if I had to... Guess, um, in the breakdown of like feminine versus masculine alcohols, I would say sake is probably in the feminine category, right? I don't know what it's like in Japan, but I would say in, in the U.S., right? It would kind of oh, absolutely, it, like lighter, clearer. That's sort of the breakdown, right? It's lighter, clearer right. alcohols going under feminine,
1: as well as the fact that it is Asian. Influence, so therefore Mm -hmm. Japanese food, all of that is already kind of like shifted to feminine level of this Mm -hmm. is what you would eat. Obviously, you eat sushi. Women eat sushi. Who eats sushi? (laughs) I want a hamburger. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, That's which is all level. ridiculous. So, <laughs> as a complete ridiculous. But we're not going to let that get in the way of us enjoying sake. Absolutely not. But I did want to put in a tasting note that was uh, stated, I believe, in the Bon Appetit site that said, it has a fruity nose of lime and melon, which I did taste the melon. I was like, oh yeah, there it is. With mm. bold hints of fennel, white pepper, and allspice. The flavors gravitate to ripe cantaloupe and anise, while the mm-hmm. minerality from the soft water is evident in the finish. And yeah, that's that very eloquently said. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that presence in the finish for that soft water, which they are very purposeful and intentional about this entirety, and so it is a beautiful, beautiful uh drink. Mm-hmm. but so Miho Amada, thank you for this beautiful creation. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and it is definitely going to be on my list of more alcohols that I need <laughs> to
0: buy. Ah, yes. (laughs) Ever-expanding. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. And listeners, whatever you're drinking, be it alcoholic or not. One, you're welcome for the craving. <laughs> Two, we <laughs> hope you're enjoying, enjoying whatever it is you're drinking and we would love to hear from you, anyone you think we should spotlight or any topic you'd like us to discuss in these happy hours. Send them our way. Our email is StephMediaMomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told you. Thank you to our super producer and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.